Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to uh, Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thank you so much for being here. This is a podcast that hopes to help you make today just a little better than yesterday. Something you hear on the show, we'll do just that. Uh, we've been here since 2013. Every Monday and Wednesday, I'm here with a guest. Fridays, I'm here with you. I'm Osher Ginsberg. I'm a TV host. I'm a podcaster, clearly. I'm an author. Uh, I ride bicycles, I lift weights, and... Um, I wake up every day wondering, oh, God, is this what it's like? Do I just, like, hurt all day until I lie in bed again? I think that's what happens when you get close to 50. Like, everything just starts to hurt. I don't know if that's just me. It's a real drag. If you want to email me, super simple, send osheremail at gmail.com. That's how you can find me. As I mentioned, I've been here since 2013, so there is a lot of conversations that have happened on this show. So many that uh, Brie, one of the people that uh, works with me, she's uh, my researcher and she produces some shows, has gone into the archives and she's dug up some of her favourites. I'm really grateful to to bring them. I just said to her, pick out the ones that really resonate with you. And so that's what we're going with. And I'm just playing you a small version of the conversation. And if you like it, you can go back and check it out. Today, we're going to have a listen back to the time that I sat down with the absolute media powerhouse that is Ita Buttrose. She is a trailblazing journalist, editor, TV presenter, entrepreneur, businesswoman. And since we spoke, she has gone on to become the chair of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. She is a very, very powerful person to be in the presence of. And I think you'll hear that when you listen to this conversation. We sat down to have this chat in 2014. At the time, she was, among other things, a public-facing gig was a uh, host on the daily panel show Studio 10. She doesn't do that anymore. Ita has lived many lives. She's reached the absolute stunning highs of success. But I wanted to know, what was school like for her? I didn't finish school. I left school before completing the high school because I wanted to get started. I was very keen to be a journalist. And uh, my parents' marriage was a bit rocky and, and I just felt that if I 
and they did later divorce. And I, I thought, well, I've really got to look after me. You know, I, I've got to be in charge of my life. I, if I get a job, I can look after me. I've just felt I made this decision that I had to look after myself and I knew what I wanted to do and I thought, that's it, I've got to get going. I've got to, got to start right now. And so when I told them I wanted to leave school and get a job, Dad knew about the Copy Girls job going on the Australian Women's Weekly and I went in and applied for it and I got the job. That's, that was my beginning. And, you, and you, you didn't finish high school? No, I didn't finish high school. That's no, amazing. I am a graduate of the University of Life. <laughs> I don't, if, if you need to learn, being a journalist is fantastic, isn't it? Because you've got to read, you've got to research, you've got to be across the issues. So you've always got to keep using your mind. So, in fact, my, my, my secondary education really took off once I decided what I was going to do for my career. You know, people often ask me, how did, how did I get in? And, and this is often people who are at incredibly expensive radio colleges and things like that. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I just went and got it. I just found my way in and I just got the job at, at a station in Brisbane and then just worked six days a week. Yeah, that's what I say to people. you just got to get your foot in the door and it doesn't matter how low you start. And being a copy girl, which means you run messages, that's about as low as you can start in my, my career, my profession. And, and I loved it. I thought, oh, this is terrific. I'm on my way and I was earning money. It was wonderful. I can only imagine, like, I think of when I'm in these big open plan office buildings now that the sound of that building must have been very different then with all the manual typewriter noise. Manual typewriters. And when, when they wanted you, when one of the senior journalists or the editor wanted you, they actually had a, a sort of a bell system, a wooden board thing with a bell system, a bit like something you see in Downton Abbey <laughs> or upstairs, downstairs, you know, in business and you rush out and the flap had fallen down and you see the editor's office and so you'd Put, put it back up again. I can't remember how we got it back up, but I must have pressed the button or something. And then I'd run off to the editor's office to see what she wanted and then, you know, you'd wait. And it was a very different thing. Then you really hurried and you didn't call anybody by their first name, of course. Everybody was Mr. This or Mrs. That or Miss Someone or Other. No familiarity at all. What a strange workplace considering what, how we expect work and life just kind of blend into each other now. It's, it's almost hard to imagine. I think it was a better, in, in a way, I think it was a better work, work life because it was more structured, it was more ordered. And so you knew when you began and you knew when you finished and you knew when your time off was. And whereas today work is 24-7 and you, we're all expected to be on tap. If people want you, they want to be able to ring you on Saturday or Sunday, you know, and, and, and so they do or they email you and they want you to respond not next week but now. And whereas when I first started work, there were rules around what we all did. I mean, you could get put letters in your in-tray and if you didn't get around to them until, say, you got them on Monday, maybe you didn't get around to them until Friday. Nobody seemed to mind. The world wasn't in such a rush. Right. But the new, they say the news cycle was at a kind of a similar speed, I'm guessing. Well, I was thinking about the news cycle only the other day. I don't know what I was doing. I think somebody was talking to me about Sunday papers. And, you know, there was a time when you worked on a Sunday newspaper when, when you actually had time for lunch. I mean, you would, we'd, we would be working on the pages and we would, we'd go to lunch. We'd normally go to the Greeks and you'd have a proper lunch, a meal for about an hour, and then you'd return to the office and you would work through. And a Saturday, a Sunday paper means you often have to work at night as well. You could also go out at night time and have a bite to eat and then you return, finish off the paper. Now, you know, it would be really hard push to find anybody working on a Sunday paper today who would go off and have a civilised arrangement like that. Even the editor of the paper was dining at the Greeks. Over there, you know, in the corner, you didn't interrupt him. 
you, you might have nodded at him, but you didn't go anywhere near him because he was the editor, therefore he was God, and he was not to be interrupted. But that was a very civilised way of working. And now, again, we're all, we're all rushing and, we, you know, you might have a sandwich at your desk. Sometimes when I was editing um, Ida magazine, a magazine I created in the 80s and 90s, I sometimes think, did I have lunch? And you think, yeah, you did. You ate a sandwich while you were still at the computer. You know, you sort of <laughs> ate something. You just, and you think, I wonder what it was. I can't remember what I ate. But so that's the But the paper still got out. The paper still got well, made and with quality yeah. that was... Oh, yes. And we changed the paper two or three times during a run. And, and what even, happened? Why did it suddenly get so busy? Technology. <laughs> it changed our life. Remember, it was going to reduce the paperwork and make everything streamlined. Well, I don't think it's reduced the paperwork at all. I think it's created more. And it's meant that it's a 24-7 world we all inhabit. Are there, are there more iterations now? Do you, just because you can, you know, get on a computer program and reorder and rechange and shift things around the page, you do it 17 times instead of three? No, I, I, I actually think deadlines are more restrictive today than they were in the past. I don't know that technology has really helped us in that regard. I also think that with texting and emailing, people are used to abbreviated forms of communications and you know, when you're dealing with print, when you're dealing with newspapers and magazines, you really have to love the words. You have to understand what the word's saying and how the way you lay words out on a cover, for instance, really have to convey a message. And if you don't love the words, your cover lines often don't convey the right message because the message has to be, pick me up. You've got to read me. You know, you cannot go past me. I'm going to compel you to read me. And that's the same as a headline on a newspaper. And and it's how words look. Words Words can't just go on a page. Words have to be laid out in a way that is harmonious. And I think that when kids go to school and they go to design school, yes, they learn to lay out and they learn that they can use every colour under the rainbow. But you don't have to use every colour under the rainbow to have an effective page. Sometimes less is better. I don't know if you can find a more successful graduate from the University of Life than Ida Buttrose. Is it still possible? For younger generations, though, to reach ITA's level of achievement in journalism without a degree? I certainly hope so. I never went to university. Well, I went to university for six weeks and I dropped out before I had to pay my hex. <laughs> but I wonder if people can do what, what ITA did without having a degree. I'd love, I'd love that. I hope so. Look, regardless of whether you have a university degree or not, to become as successful as ITA has become in her career... It takes a lot of passion, takes a lot of hard work. And I wanted to know, how early did that work ethic really kick in? I think it was always in me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I was raised that way, you know, to always do your best and, and, you know, just try and get somewhere. You didn't have to come first, but you did have to do your best. But I think when you're enjoying something, and I, and I did, you know, once, once I became a cadet journalist and I... I became a cadet at 16, I was so loving what I was doing. You know, I, I love, I just love what I do for a living. And it was exciting learning how to do copy. And I learned on very basic things, you know, in the beginning you do weddings because I was on the women's pages. You do weddings and social paragraphs and you'd go to restaurants where society ladies lunched and ask them why they were lunching there for any special reason. It would be an engagement or someone going overseas or someone coming back from overseas or a birthday or all very nice occasions. A lot of women didn't work then or a lot of society ladies who, who lunched. 
But you learn contacts, you learn how to get on with people, you learn a bit of poise, and again, you learn how to put words together. Because even copy about weddings, if you really want them to be read, have to be compelling. You have to really work hard to turn wedding copy into scintillating copy. How did or how has your work ethic uh, shifted from that or has it always been, are you still that 16-year-old kid who's just super excited to be at work? Yeah, I'm pretty super excited to be doing what I do. Yeah, I, I look, I love it. I've, I've loved editing. I've loved creating magazines and I've created, I've created Ida and Cleo and a magazine called Bark and probably a few other ones along the way that didn't, didn't make it. You know, not everything you create make it. And it's such an exciting world in which to work because there's always something happening and there's always a story. You walk down the street and you think, what's that over there? I wonder why that's happening. I, I, you've got to remain curious. And, and I think that's the key to me. I've never lost my curiosity. At what point in your career did you get a concept of, I could make it this far? Or were you just like, I just want to do the best I can and that will get me somewhere? I think that I was pretty chuffed to become women's editor of the Two Telegraphs in Sydney when I was 23. And I wrote to Sir Frank Packer and asked him to consider me. And there was a feeling that I was too young. And I may well have been, but I got the job nonetheless. And when I was about 27 or 6 or something like that, my husband and I, I got married at 21, we decided he was British, wanted to return to England for a while. And I went down to say goodbye to Frank. And as I was leaving, he said, um, I hope you'll come back because I have you in mind for the Women's Weekly. And that was the light bulb moment because I thought, oh, the Women's Weekly, wow, I would love to run that magazine because it was the top job for a woman journalist in Australia. And it was, it was a weekly. And it sold something like 850,000 copies a week. It was a whopper of a magazine. It was fantastic. It's the largest circulation of any magazine in the world at the time. Uh, per capita of population? Yeah. Yes, it was. And so from that moment, I realised how far I could go. If Sir Frank thought I could do the weekly, then I realised I could do the weekly. And so everything I did from that point was to learn more about producing magazines in my, my profession so that I would be ready when, when I got the nod. I believe it was another great woman, Lady Gaga, who once said, all it takes is one person to believe in you and it changes your whole life. And having Sir Frank Packer believe in you in Australia, that is a big deal. We're going to hear more from Ida Buttrose in just a moment. Uh, you might hear an ad right now, though. If you do, thank you. You're helping us keep the lights on here at BTYHQ. If not, we'll be right back with more Ida. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Thanks for listening. This is Better Than Yesterday, the quick Wednesday edition. We are celebrating over seven years of the podcast. And today I'm, I'm checking back in with a conversation that I had with Ida Butros back in 2014. She's an absolute powerhouse in Australian media, without a shadow of a doubt. Ida had to knock down so many obstacles and she made sure those doors remained open for women coming up behind her, not just in the media industry, but in Australia as a whole. So I wanted to know, as she went along, who were her peers? Who were the other women that were coming up with Ida in the earlier stages of her career? There weren't any. There really weren't many women that were at my level when I was beginning my climb. They just weren't there. I suppose in the sense I was a bit of a trailblazer. So all my mentors have been men. You know, that that's the way it was because they just weren't there. It wasn't really until about... The 80s, I would have thought, that more women, oh, end of the 70s, but, but they, they still weren't at my level. But in the 80s, yes, more women began to emerge. And during the 80s, along with other women like Carla Zampatti, Wendy McCarthy, uh, Barbara Kale, a fellow publisher, uh, Amelda Roche, who she and her husband founded Nutramedics in this country, we formed a group called Chief Executive Women, to enable women to network because, you know, we didn't have a network. We didn't, we didn't have that yet in Australia for women. And that was really good. And we, we started to talk to, we'd ask prominent corporate men to come to our lunches that we had at one of the best hotels in the city and we would talk to them, let them see what, you know, women who were running businesses were really like. That was a very important step, I think, for a lot of women. The idea that it just didn't, because also at the time I was looking back on some interviews, the way that people were talking to you, the way the interviewers were talking to you, and I was like, really? How can you get away with asking a woman this question? Like, it must have been, must have been quite difficult for a lot of people to, not through any fault of their own, but just to conceive that suddenly here you are, you're this woman with such great power. And a lot of guys must have had a lot of problem with it. A lot of guys? Yeah. I think men do have a problem with powerful women. That, that's, that's for sure. I don't know why. P- probably because they're not conditioned um, and they were brought up in a different way. But, you know, that was then, not now. One, we, we always hope, women like me, that we've trained our sons better and, you know, that our sons will be more acceptable of women who achieve. But in the 80s, no, that was still very difficult for men to make that transition. You know, when I became a director of Prudential here in Australia, that was about 19, I think it was about 1990 or thereabouts, I was the first woman on that board and one of the directors said to me, in all seriousness, Ida, you've changed the way we run our board meetings. We can no longer swear or tell jokes. And you think, is he serious? And I said to him, look, I said, I love jokes. Please tell jokes. And I said, anyone who's worked for Kerry Packer has heard swear words. And I said, I've probably heard more than you even know. Uh, you know, I mean, it's funny what people think or what men think, but 
This is a huge change that's taken place. In fact, it's said that the two most significant social changes of the 20th century has been the better education of girls and women and the employment of women, especially mothers outside of the home. So it's been a transition for women and it's been an equally, a diff- but it's been a, a more difficult transition for men because they never grew up with this kind of a woman. They probably had a mother who stayed at home. They, they may well have had a wife who stayed at home. So suddenly there are women out there saying, oh, you know, I think this and what's more, I want your job. And that, that comes as a bit of a shock. So change takes time and, and that's, you just have to accept that. Did you ever have any moments where you were just tired of it, sick of it, pushing against it? I, I think everyone gets a bit tired of it occasionally, but, look, that's, that's the way it is. So you accept it and you just think, well, I'm entitled to be here, I'm entitled to have a go, I'm entitled to express my opinion and, and I'm going to do it. And now, I mean, now I'm not really fussed at all. I mean, I just think... I'm here now, I don't, you know, and you, you reach a certain age, you're very comfortable with where, the, where you're at and you think that's a load of old rubbish and so you say so. All right, it's wonderful. You don't, you don't really give a damn anymore about what people think. You simply say what you think. I, for one, would love to hear that. What an absolute trailblazer. Could you imagine, could you just imagine what Ida had to put up with over the years as one of the only female editors in the country for, for just way too long? Her career currently spans over 60 years. She's still working at an incredibly high level. She has the top job at Australia's public broadcaster, the ABC. I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to sit down and connect with Ida Bartres, and I'm grateful that I got that conversation in the can because, boy, she's incredible to be around. If you want to hear the full version, it's back in the early days of the show. You can scroll back and find it in 2014. I'll see you on Friday. Um, I'll just have a bit of a chat with you on Friday and I can't wait to talk to you then. If you need me, send us your email at gmail.com. A big thanks to Andy Ma who uh, cut this episode up and to Bree Steele who produced the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll see you on Friday. Until we speak then, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.